morning, everyone. Morning. My name's Dave, and I look after youth and kids around here, get to have a bit of fun with that, which is good. So I wanted to say thank you so much for the cake sale. Honestly, last week, I was blown away by your generosity. Again, everyone who made cakes, and uh, do you know what? We had a lot of cakes. We were still eating cake on Thursday. Like, oh, and that was after the team ate them on Tuesday, and then we and went, and then, yeah, the youth finished it off on Thursday night, so that was good. And... Uh, yeah, just thank you so much for giving money. Like we, it means that people can come who weren't able to come, and it means that we'll have tents up there that we can sleep in, all that kind of thing. Yeah, no, no, it's good. It's good. It's going to be good. So, this is Toro. You might have seen him up here before with a guitar and stuff, but you may have not heard him speak. So I thought we'd get to know the man behind the guitar first, and then he's going to help me preach a bit today. So I've got some quick fire questions, a little quiz for you, Toro. Sound yeah. all right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought we'd start with, okay, how old are you and what are you doing in life at the moment? So I'm 17 years old. I'm currently in my first year of A-levels. Um, I'm hoping to do engineering after uni. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. And I didn't set you up for this, but I thought we'd do some would you rather questions. Oh, So, yeah. uh, I know, a bit of fun. Okay, so would you rather pizza or a burger? Oh, burger. Burger, okay. Yeah. And Star Wars or The Avengers? You know, I've never seen Star Wars in my life, and I study physics. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Avengers. Avengers, Avengers. okay, yeah. okay, all yeah. right, yeah. Controversial, but no, 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 it's cool. I think I'm somewhere in the middle. Okay, and one more, okay. A night in or a night out? Ooh, depends where I am. <laughs> Tricky, it depends how you feel. I know, I'm, I feel I'm a bit yeah. like that as well. Sometimes a good movie at home or sometimes going out with people. Yeah. It's good. All right. Back to the script. Anyway, so I want to know a little bit about your journey with Jesus, okay? Because um, we know you a little bit. You got baptized a couple of years back. But yeah, tell us, tell, us, tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so I grew up in a Christian household, going to church every Sunday, as you do as a young boy. And um, at the age of 13, I got saved. I still remember the date. It was Saturday, the 7th of October, 2017. Um, growing up, I would always see my parents speaking in tongues at church, and I was so confused as to... Is this something you learn? Is it something that someone teaches you? So on that Saturday, my mom called us um, to her room and she said, today we're going to do the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So as a 13-year-old boy, I was a bit skeptical. Like, I kind of want to go downstairs and go play on my Xbox, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I sat there and we started praying and a heaviness filled the room. And I was just speaking normal words like, uh, you know, God, thank you. And then I felt a bubbling in my mouth and words that weren't mine started coming out and I think the measure of how I knew it was real was my younger brother, who was eight at the time, was speaking in tongues. So I was like, wow, this is actually real. God is actually real. He actually works. Yeah. Wow. And for the rest of that morning, I was pacing up and down in my room. Um, and yeah, that's how I came to faith. Amazing. That's cool. And then you got baptized a little bit later, is that 2019, right? 2019, April. 2019, yeah. that was here, wasn't it, as yeah. well? Yeah. And then uh, you kind of been following Jesus since then, haven't you? I know. Because I've seen you up here on stage as well, doing a bit of worship leading, but you've also been part of this thing, the DTI Leadership Academy this year um, for 16 to 18 year olds. Tell us a little bit about what that was and what it involved and maybe something that you learned from that as well. Yeah, yeah. So the DTI Leadership Academy is run by um, a good friend of ours called Zeke over at uh, DTI. He gathered youth from around the country, from vineyards, um, where we would meet once a month on a Zoom call and converse, talk, worship together. And the thing I took away the most from that that really developed me as a Christian was it's essential that we do life together because it's not easy. We live in a world where we're told what we need to do, um, where we get identity from. 
But when we come together as a church, when we walk in fellowship, it makes us stronger. Um, and that's what I definitely took away from the academy. Mm, amazing. Yeah, it was, it was such good times, actually. Yeah, we, we looked at some big issues like, like identity and like, yeah. yeah, so many discipleship things. It was really, really good times. And just, I'm so encouraged, actually, by the young people that we have in our churches in the UK. It's, it's really awesome. And yeah, exciting things. And we, we see you leading worship a little bit as well. I'd love to know, how did you get into leading worship? How did it happen? And if there's a young person out here that thinks, oh, I'd love to have a go at that sometime, what would you say to them? How could they get into, involved in that too? Yeah, so my older brother, Emmanuel, he was actually leading worship before me playing piano. And he was leading in the evening service with Dave. And one day he invited me down. Um, I was playing guitar from the age of about 10, but I was a bit on and off with it. And I started leading the evening services with Dave. Then COVID hit, and my brother and I would record videos online for worship. And when it came back to in-person church, I started leading up there, and it's been like that ever since. Mm. And you shared something with me yesterday. You said actually, and I said something about actually your heart is really important. Yeah. Tell tell us what you said. Yeah. Um, When it comes to leading worship, I would say it's not even about the talent or what you can play or what you can bring, but your heart for God. And if your heart is in the right place, a lot of the time God will just use you. It doesn't matter what you have skill-wise. You just need the right heart. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so good. Awesome. All right. So we've got some Otara a little bit later, and we're going to hear a bit more from him in a little while. But I wondered if you would just pray for us before we read the Bible. Yeah, yeah. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for the talk that we prepared today, Lord. Jesus, as we've come to meet with you, that you would meet with us, Lord, that you would inspire us, that you would touch our hearts again, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Nice. All right. Yeah, let's go. Maybe we should just start the prayer now, right? Yeah, just, uh, that's good. All right, so our passage today, we are going to be looking at the Gospel of John, and the title of our talk is Walking with the Father, meaning walking with God. And maybe a picture like this comes to your mind from childhood, Um, but maybe not. Maybe your childhood wasn't like this. Maybe, I don't know, your father wasn't around as much. But that, and that's okay. I, w- I want to say that as we come today, this subject of walking with the Father, that God is available to all of us today as a father. And actually, he wants to invite us to walk alongside him today. So that's where we're going to start. We're going to ask what it looks like for us today to walk alongside God, our Father. So whether you're a follower of Jesus, you've been doing this for a while, I believe there's more for you. And if you've not yet decided to begin this walk with God, I believe that God can reveal to you today the fullness of life that is available. Do you know what? There's so much security and fun and adventure that is available to everyone, to each of us, if we choose to walk with the Father. And so we're going to unlock, unlock that, unpack that today as we go through this. All right, we're going to turn to John chapter 5 then. So if you've got your Bible or your phone or whatever, you want to grab it, let's look it up. John 5, 16 to 23 and uh, it's going to appear on the screen behind me as well. And just before these verses, we see Jesus healing a man who has been un- unable to walk for many years. All right? He tells him to pick up his mat and walk, and he does. It's this incredible miracle of healing, but not everyone seems to think so. So let's read, starting at verse 16. So, because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. In his defense, Jesus said to them, my father is always at work. He, uh, sorry, my father is always at work to this very day. 
and I too am working. For this reason, they tried all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show him even greater things, even greater works than these, so that you will be amazed. For just as the father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. Moreover, the father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the son, that all may honor the son as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. So what's this all about, all right? Jesus heals a guy. Surely that's good news, right? But Jesus is accused of breaking the Sabbath rules, going against what God has commanded, that man should rest on the Sabbath. The thing is that Jesus, when he healed the man, told him to pick up his mat and walk. And the Pharisees had made up all these rules about the Sabbath, right? And one of the rules was, you're not allowed to carry your mat on a Sunday, all right? Now, it's not really a rule that, you know, they, they were trying to help people to keep the Sabbath. But actually, it hindered what God wanted to do. And so, Jesus heals the man. And in his response to the Pharisees, he gives us an insight into his walk with the Father. And it's this that we're going to think about. How did Jesus walk with the Father? And can we also live like this? All right, Toro, why don't you come and talk to us a little bit? What does walking with the Father mean for you? You need to bear with me a second. <laughs> All right. So what does this mean for us? Well, verse 19 says, the son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the father do. Throughout scripture, we see that Jesus has always been about his father's business. From as young as the age of 12 in the temple, he would sit down and listen to the teachings, asking questions. Throughout his ministry, he often withdrew from the presence of people to spend time with his father. Jesus set for us a first-hand example of what it looks like to walk alongside the father communication. <laughs> Stick with me, I'm going somewhere with this. <laughs> the first and most memorable time I heard God's voice was when I was 13 on a Friday evening, unwinding from my weekly activities as a 13-year-old. It's what I called me time. I sat down in my beanbag ready to stick on a game of FIFA, but a strange feeling which I hadn't felt before came over me. I couldn't quite explain it, but I knew that it was the Holy Spirit's prompting me to spend time with him. I later came to know that this was an impression on my spirit, but that wasn't what amazed me. What amazed me was, out of all the things that God could say in that moment, he chose to call me to intimacy in his presence. I would like to say I was super obedient, got up and rushed to my room, but the truth is I wasn't. I sat there and I contemplated whether it was really God speaking to me. But finally I let go and I went and spent time with him. You see, that experience is what made me realize that what God treasures so much is our presence, is us in his presence. Mm. It's in that place of intimacy where he transforms, shapes, and renews us. There's many times in our day-to-day -day lives where God is working, but we may not see it, but until we, when we look back at a later time. Like the lyrics from the song Waymaker, even when I don't see it, you're working, you never stop, you never stop working. One of my favorite things about the gospel is its simplicity. 
Like any other relationship, our relationship with God grows with time we spend in his presence and in his word. Psalms 139 speaks of how precious God's thoughts are towards us, that if we were to count them, they would outnumber the grain of sand in the world. One of the things we often say here in the vineyard is giving our yes to Jesus at the start of the day. When we've already committed our yes to him, it makes it far more easier going about our day to day. You see, walking with the Father involves living a surrendered lifestyle. But what does that actually mean? Well, it means giving up some things that we often think are good for us in exchange for what God has that's best for us. Mm. Setting aside our wants and our needs for others, living with Jesus at the center of it all. Walking with God in today's world can be challenging, where so many things tell us where to get our identity from. We may be faced with adversity, but with the Holy Spirit that God has given us, we can navigate through it. We have opportunities every day to be the arms and feet of Jesus in the world. Dave, you're up. Hmm. Nice. That's cool. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for sharing what it, what it means to you. I think um, from what I heard, actually, God is interested in our, like, our everyday life. That's what you were saying. Actually, he wants to be involved in every moment, even when we're sitting playing the Xbox or whatever, whatever we're doing. Actually, God just longs for us to spend time with him. So what was it like for Jesus? We're going to look into that a little bit more now. So let's turn back to the passage. And verse 19 says, The son does nothing by himself. He only does what he sees the father doing. And I think this is like the, the, the main verse for us today. God is always at work. He's always doing things. And Jesus, the son isn't doing stuff by himself. He's not independent of the Father as he's moving around and doing stuff in the world. Actually, he is just seeing what the Father is doing and following him into it. So Jesus is fully God, but he's also fully human, living on earth, empowered by the Holy Spirit, living as an example for us. We see him at the start of his ministry. He gets baptized and he receives the Holy Spirit. And then we follow Jesus as he travels around, meeting different people. And his life is a little bit like ours, really. He has friends that he hangs out with. They go traveling together and walk uh, to different towns. Uh, he meets different people. Many of the accounts that we read about Jesus are where he meets people in everyday situations, when they're getting water from a well or, or when they're having some food outside or whatever he's doing. When he meets people who are sick, he heals them. When people are feeling downtrodden and broken, actually, he loves to show kindness and love to them. He invites regular, ordinary people to follow him. He speaks to crowds of people, but he also spends time with a small group of disciples. So his life is pretty normal. It's, it's a little bit like ours, but actually it's really different to ours as well. So what is this way of living? How does Jesus do it? Well, I think it is unlocked in that the secret is in this verse, that actually he's just following what the Father is doing. He's always asking every moment, okay, God, what do you want me to do? in this space. And I think often when we think about God's plan for our lives, we think about his five-year plan for us. I don't know if you think about like, God, what are you doing in my life? Where am I going to be in five years? But actually, I think God is really interested in our moments as well. Like, God, what are you doing this right now in this room? What are you doing this afternoon with me? Like, God is interested in those things as well. And I think this is how Jesus, it works for Jesus too. So in the verses before what we read, where Jesus heals the man who was sitting by the well and couldn't walk. It's because God wanted to heal that man. And so Jesus saw that and followed the Father into that and actually made it happen. So 
I believe God has stuff like this for us as well. So in, in Ephesians 2.10, it says, We are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works that God has prepared and advanced for us to do. So God has prepared good works for us to do as well. There's things that he has prepared specifically for each of us to accomplish. Things that he wants to do, but he wants to do it through us. I mean, isn't this amazing? We, we have the privilege of doing these good works that the Father has planned for us. We are invited to partner with him, to team up with God, to be his hands and feet in this world, just like Torah was saying earlier. What's amazing about this is that God could do these things by himself, couldn't he? I mean, he's powerful enough, and he often does. Like, he can heal people by himself, or he can show himself to people, and he does. But actually, he loves to use us in doing these things. He loves to include us in this kingdom stuff. Why? Well, I mean, it would be more efficient, I think, if he just went and did it himself rather than asking me to do it. But no, he loves to use us. He loves to get us involved because actually it grows our faith and it grows our relationship with him. I don't know if you've noticed it, but actually relationships are built when we do stuff together, isn't it? Like you can have a conversation with somebody and you can get so far with like, hi, how you doing? It's a nice day. Talk about the weather, that kind of thing. It's hard to get down deeper, isn't it? But when we're doing stuff together, if I'm playing, like doing activity or playing a game or something, you can really get to know what someone is like. And that's why games are so important in youth ministry. And we've been playing some fun games recently. You can see us playing a little bit of uh, balloon volleyball. We also love to play uh, a game called Mafia. You might have heard of it. Victoria is the best at Mafia, okay, in our youth group. She just reads the room so well. She can tell what people are like. She can tell when someone's being a bit sneaky or when they're not quite telling the truth. So you get to know what she's like by playing that game. And, and at the Christmas ball this year, we were playing some games, and we were wildly entertained by Justin and Giovanni. They are such comedians, all right? And we got to know that because of the way that they were acting around the table when we were playing those games. So this is why serving on a team at church is so important as well. As we do stuff together, as we're involved, we get to know each other. We get to see the character of God in other people. And this is why God invites us to do this stuff with him, because we get to know his character. We get to know what he's like. It strengthens our relationship with him. I think it's a little bit like this picture here. You can go, ah, if you like. I think it's quite sweet, yeah. So God is holding the fishing rod, right? He's actually the one doing the fishing, but we get to do it with him. And actually, there's such joy when we get to reel in a big fish with him. And God celebrates it with us like it's he, like our success, even when he's the one that's doing it. And I think that's true for each of us in our lives. Actually, when we choose to walk with God, when we give him our every day, when we give him the decisions that we're making, when we ask him what he wants us to do with the different things that we've got going on in our lives, actually, he's got good things for us. He's got a good way for us to walk. And He'll celebrate with us. He'll lead us into success. He'll lead us into good things. And actually, he'll celebrate with us when it goes right. But when it doesn't go right, do you know what? He's there as well. He's there to comfort us, to lift us up, to pick us up, to help us again. I think this is what walking with the Father is like. All right, so what, 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 how can we do it? What am I, I've got some top tips for us, basically, on how we can do this. So first of all, I think a bit like Tara was saying earlier, We've got to know what God is like. We need to get to know his character. We need to get to know who he is, what he's like. And we can read the Bible. We can spend time in his presence, a bit like Torah was saying earlier. We'll find out that he's good, that he gives good gifts, that he's generous, that he wants to bring peace and reconciliation. He wants to lift up the lowly and to bring justice. 
I love the story from Staines that we've been hearing a couple of weeks ago about how Amanda was playing football with those refugee women. And then we got an opportunity to, to show God's love by giving a huge amount of donated supplies from our generous church. And again, that's just, you know, you guys being so generous. But it's a wonderful example of knowing God's heart for people, knowing that God doesn't want them to live in need, but actually he wants them to have abundance and for them to know his love. And I think that also shows my next top tip as well, which is actually to slow down and to be present. This picture, you know, life can be like this. We're just like, it's a blur. We're like rushing from one place to the next place and we're like caught up in the thing that we've got doing. You know, we've all got a list to get done by the end of the day, right? And we're just like, right, this, 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 got to get it done, got to get it done. But actually slowing down a bit and noticing things, noticing people, I think is really important. Jesus was far more interested in people than with the process. That's why he healed people on the Sabbath. He was more interested in the person than following the rules and customs of the day, like not carrying your mat on a Sunday. So I encourage us, why don't we slow down? Notice the people. Be interruptible. Who could you talk to today? Or maybe ask God, like, God, who do you want me to talk to? Is there a person that's hurting that needs a friend? Is there a person that I can encourage? Who can I lift up today? Is there a, a place where justice needs to be done that I can speak up for somebody who can't speak up for themselves? Ask him, Lord, what are you doing right now? And expect him to answer. My last top tip is just to practice, to have a go. Actually have a try. We had a talk about that, didn't we, a while back. Have a try, even if it doesn't go right every time. Church is a great place to practice this. You know, where, where you are right now or small group, or something like that. Just ask God, okay, I'm here this morning. There's people around. Look around the room or online, you know, in the chat. But around these people here are relatively friendly, all right? It's relatively safe. You could go and talk to them. You might want to offer to pray for somebody. Just see what God is doing when we're in ministry time and join in. Get to pray for somebody. Have a go. Maybe you want to step out a bit more and see what God is doing. Actually, the outreaches are amazing places where we can see God at work. And the one coming up in Staines this weekend is going to be so good. And Steve and Lucy, who are leading it, are so experienced. And they will help you just to step out and see what God is doing and follow him into it. And do you know what? They're amazing at leading people to Jesus in the streets. And sometimes people say yes, and sometimes people say no. And that's okay. Like It's just following God and seeing what he's doing. And it's such a thrill. It's such a buzz. We'd love you guys to be involved in that. So, top tips. Know what God is like. Get to know him. Number two, slow down and be present. Ask God, what are you up to? How can I be involved? And then, last one, practice. Have a go. Try it out. See what happens. All right, I'm kind of coming to land with this. Maybe you've never walked with a father before. Maybe the idea of a father is is a hard thing for you, and maybe that puts you off from walking with God. And I think, no, that's a real thing. But there's a way that you can get past that this morning. And actually, God the Father is here, and he wants to invite you to walk with him today. And all you have to do is to give him an opportunity, to give him a chance. And you know, that, that I'm going to give us a moment to, to say yes to Jesus, to say yes to following God. All you have to do is admit that you've been walking by yourself. And actually, in my experience, walking by ourselves, we don't get very far. But there's a moment here where we can repent. Literally, we can turn around and walk the other way, walk alongside God, 
ask for forgiveness. And God promises to forgive us. He promises that he'll walk with us for the rest of our lives and into the age to come as we get to be resurrected with him and forever walking in glory. So we're going to take a moment to pray. And I'd love just to invite you to do that. If you've never said yes to walking with God before, if you've never said yes to following Jesus, this is a moment for you to do that. Let's pray together. Yeah. Yeah, God, would you come? Would you come and meet with us right now? Let's just wait for him. Just a second. And maybe you want to pray this prayer with me. God, I've, I've not been following you. I've not been walking with you as much as I want or as much as I could. And Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for when I've gone my own way. I want to choose right now to follow you, to walk with you. Lord, forgive me for the things that I've done wrong. Help me to live for you. Would you come and walk alongside me? I give my life to you. Amen. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer this morning, God is going to walk alongside you. This is an amazing moment, actually. This will change your life. You'll never be alone. You'll get to walk with the Father forever. And he promises to never leave us, to be with us until the end of the age.